Hello and welcome everyone. This is Pagan Spirituality Today. I am your host, Kveldrida. This is episode number four. Today is January 22nd, 2009. I have been meaning to get to this episode for almost two weeks now. What I'm going to talk about is the nature of belief. And the reason I've picked this subject, for those of you who don't know, Dio from Dio Shadow has declared himself to be an atheist. And there's been a lot of talk about that in the blogosphere, a lot of positive and negative comments. It has monopolized most pagan blogs that I've seen for the last couple of weeks. And I was going to do a show on leadership, which I think I'll do in episode five, because I've been thinking quite a lot about that. But this is topical. This is what is going on right now, and this will not be a pick on Dio episode, okay, for any of you who want it to be or who are afraid that it will become that. I think Dio's choice to leave paganism and become an atheist is instructive of a larger sense of the nature of belief and investigating one's belief, etc., etc. So I want to use that. I want to use it as a way of discussing the larger issue. Before we get into Dio specifically, there's a couple of things I want to say. My wife has unleashed a kitten on our house, which is terrorizing everyone. So I don't know what kind of noise she'll be making. She's running around maniacally right now. So I apologize if there's a lot of paper rustling or other things that go on during the show. Secondly, for those of you who don't listen to a lot of podcasts, maybe you're not familiar with Dio and Dio Shadow. Dio is a Canadian man that I believe in 2005 started a pagan podcast, and he always called it a pagan podcast, and he referred to himself as a pagan consistently throughout the show. He was not the first pagan podcaster, but he was definitely one of the first. And by 2006 or 2007 was clearly the most popular pagan podcaster. Uh, sometimes his wife, Mandy, would do the show with him, sometimes not. He had a lot of different segments and other contributing voices. He interviewed a lot of people. And throughout, he's getting a Ph.D. in philosophy. I'm not sure if he's attained that degree or not, but during the making of the show, he was in school and studying to be a doctor of philosophy. And he had, in my opinion, some very interesting things to say and talk about in the podcast world, things that you don't hear from your general show. He was a very skeptical person, which he himself discusses in his blog post dated from January of this year, where he declares himself an atheist. And there were things about that that I liked, his skeptical nature, and there were things about it that I didn't, but we'll go into that in a minute. I have printed a copy of his blog, Why Atheism, for me to use as a guide in today's show. I just highlighted a few paragraphs that help me discuss my larger point. Many people considered Dio a leader of a sort in the pagan community. He was very well known. If, if popularity equals leadership, then he definitely had that. He had talked to some very famous authors, Janet Farrar and Christopher Penzak, who are just a few. Of the pagan-derived media, he was definitely the best known. 
many other podcasts list him as their inspiration for starting their show. He was not my inspiration. Actually, mine was Pagan Parents on the Edge, which I think I have said before, but if I haven't, those are the folks that got me doing my show. But Dio's been hugely influential in pagan podcasting and perhaps in podcasting in general. I don't really know that much outside of the uh, the pagan part of podcasting. So in any case, Dio was considered a leader by a lot of people, and he stopped doing the show early in 2008 or sometime in 2007, I'm not exactly sure, citing family constraints and other issues that were taking up a lot of their time, and they had put quite a bit of money and time into their show, and I could see how that would have been a drain from other things. So I guess time went on and he was still maintaining a blog at dioshadow.com, which I guess a lot of people were reading. And then in January of this year, he came out with this blog posting, I think it's called Why Atheism, where he decided that he was not a pagan, nor was he a religious person at all, that he had decided to become an atheist, which caused a firestorm of both criticism and comment. A lot of people felt similar to him, that uh, paganism lacks a certain intellectual consistency or a certain maturity of thought, things that, to my mind, are more theologically flawed, not philosophically flawed, but we could argue about that all day. In any event, I thought about it myself for about two weeks and kind of went through what my position on the issue was. And let me start with the basics. As far as I'm concerned, Dio is a guy who was looking for answers and came to paganism, tried it out, wore it around for a while, and it turned out it didn't have the answers he sought, or the answers it gave him were not palatable to him. And he left. That's it. That's all. That's the whole story. There have been thousands of people that have come to paganism before Dio and left, and people who will come in after Dio and leave. I don't really see how it affects much of anything. He was one person. I don't know that he actually called himself or considered himself a pagan leader. Other people did. It was clear that they thought he was, but it was not clear to me in what way he was a leader. The show was about something that he enjoyed and liked doing, which he clearly stated. So I don't know. I think the hubbub is vastly overrated. It's been made into a much bigger deal than it is. And I don't think Dio did anything wrong. You may question some of his blog as we go on, as I read passages from it, I think at the heart of this whole issue, Dio was a guy looking for answers. He thought he would find them here. He realized he did not, and he quit. And it's as simple as that. On to his blog post, Why Atheism. In this passage I'm going to read, I'm going to read it verbatim. He talks about basically why he became a pagan. He says, quote, I was raised Christian, and my transition to paganism was long and filled with Christian guilt. Eventually I moved through the stages, from guilt to resentment of Christianity to indifference towards Christianity. By the time I was publishing this podcast, I had completely washed myself clean of my Christian roots, no longer feeling any association with the religion, not even on the subtlest emotional level. For this, I owe paganism. It happened to be in the right place at the right time to get me away from Christianity. End quote. So right off the bat, we see that this is a personal choice about an individual 
seeking out their own spirituality or religiosity or whatever it is. I mean, how many people who are listening to this show who have been pagan at one time or another did not go through that same transition? Anyway, I just wanted to point that out. And section number two, this is where things can get a little strange and might annoy people. Quote, when I chose paganism, it was a radically free choice. I had no evidence for its truth, nor was I trained into it. In retrospect, I don't think that I had a good reason for choosing paganism. I don't think I had a good reason for adopting those beliefs. My entire time in paganism was dedicated to making it more palatable to the skeptic, hence most of the philosophy discussions on the show. Many pagans are as skeptical as I was, and I think a lot of them found and enjoyed the show because of this. There are others, however, who profess a faith in the gods as strongly as Christians profess a faith in theirs. I find this interesting. These people seem to have genuine belief, but what a strange set of beliefs to choose. End quote. He goes on to say, quote, Is it even possible to radically choose your beliefs? Can you arbitrarily pick a set of propositions and just as arbitrarily believe them without evidence or training? Are such beliefs genuine beliefs? I suppose that once you have chosen a set of propositions, you could eventually train yourself to believe them, especially if they come complete with a religious culture in which to immerse yourself. This is a fake-it-till-you-make-it approach to belief, and I am curious as to why people are motivated to fake it in the first place. In my case, the reasons were not good ones. End quote. Okay, let's talk about this part for just a minute. He says he doesn't know why he accepted those beliefs. He doesn't think he had a good reason. And I've skipped a sentence. He says, looking back, I wonder if I ever actually believed anything at all. I skipped that when I was reading. This is, I think, part of the problem this, uh, that pagans are having with it. This is where people are, are angry at him. I saw some comments saying that, that he had fooled everyone or that he had been lying or something. And I suppose from a certain point of view this is true. But at the same time, is it not completely possible that he thought he believed them? I mean, what we're seeing in his blog is a progression from a desire to believe something to the awareness that you don't. And I felt like his podcasts were fairly clear that he was very skeptical to the point of overly skeptical from the earliest show. And he kept trying to interject things that are not opposed to religion, like the concept of ration and reasonability and evidence, all words, uh, by the way, that he does not define, and they don't have a single meaning, so we can't assume by evidence he means X or Y or Z. I, myself, have always taken a skeptical approach to everything. I believe anything is possible, but that doesn't mean I believe it's probable. It doesn't mean I believe it's happening, and I it doesn't mean I believe that it happened to you, or me, or person X, Y, and Z. I feel like belief is about your gut, a notion which Dio actually later makes fun of and says that the gut is no reason to believe or do anything. But that's the nature of religion. That's the nature of belief. You cannot prove faith. You cannot prove the articles upon which faith are built. And any evidence that you have for them is subjective. It's your evidence. 
you cannot prove your evidence to anyone unless you have a piece of revealed knowledge that says digging under a particular address, you'll find a holy relic, and then lo and behold, there it is. The whole question is quite strange. It seems, I don't want to say counter to the idea, but certainly it is not complementary to the idea of belief and faith and religion. Let me go on with his blog here for a moment. He says, quote, You might think I'm picking on paganism here, but the same holds true for any religion. In the case of paganism, I realize now that it was its romantic tone, fantastical escapism, and promises of deep, dark secrets that attracted me to it. Having realized that, I don't agree that those are good reasons to join a religion, and I wouldn't allow myself to do anything similar again. End quote. Yeah, a lot of us come to paganism for romantic ideas and fantastical escapism, Dungeons and Dragons come to life, whatever you think it is. And all of us who don't find a deeper understanding, a deeper spiritual connection to ourselves or nature or the gods, quit. We leave. Because we find that romantic escapist type of thing that attracted us, it doesn't last. It doesn't work in the long run. Which is not to say there isn't romance or escapism in paganism or any other religion. There is. It's just to say that if that is your reason, if that is the core of why you're doing something, of course you're going to quit. It's not meaningful in the long run. It is not changing you. You are not growing through that. Thus far, in his blog, we're finding a standard story. The story of a thousand or five thousand or ten thousand people before Dio ever came on the scene. Okay, one thing about the fake it until you make it idea of belief. Some of us are doing that, at least in parts. Most people come to religion because they're trained in it as children. That, I agree with him completely. And if you weren't trained in a religion, something must grab you or catch you to make you want to try it out, to make you study it. That something is usually your gut or your intuition. It could be something in your rational mind, but that isn't the common reason. Most people come to religion for an intuitive sense or a, a gut sense, something feels right, something calls to them. How much you investigate that feeling, how much you test it, and you wrestle with it, and you experience it, determines the depth of your religious experience. If you have a gut feeling about a religion, about an idea or a concept, and you never test it, you never try it, you never argue with it, and wrestle with it, and struggle, most likely, you will never have faith in it. The minute it is tested, the minute you come into doubt, you will drop it. You must struggle with your faith. You must struggle with belief if it is to be enduring. Dio obviously struggled with his. He checked and looked and thought, but he used a different method than I would use. He used evidence where he's trying to say logical proof. Can I prove the things I believe are true? Which I think is a fallacy from the very start. How can you prove them logically? How could you show your co-worker, your fellow student, the spell that you did last week, and then prove to them 
that that had some effect on your life or that that touched you inside. And a spell is a bad example, but a prayer, for instance, an offering that you did that made you cry because you felt so connected. How are you going to prove that? And to whom? What logical evidence can you demonstrate? It's the wrong discipline to be bringing to bear on this. I think that's fairly obvious. I think we've had about 3,000 years of human history of trying to sort out what is rational, what is logical, what is intuitive that would teach you right off the bat. That's not how you go about it. However, I am not saying you trust your gut with no evidence, that you trust any belief that you have come to without testing it. I don't believe a lot of things are actually happening or people are actually experiencing, but I believe all of them are possible. When I started doing, I'll call it psychic work, hearing spirits, doing stuff like that, my first response to that was, you're probably crazy. You may not be, and you should be tested and check it out, and it's probably just voices in your head. It's some fragmented part of your personality. But I checked, and I tried, and I tested, and I went to a shrink, and I said, am I a lunatic? I began from the premise that these things were happening to me, that I was hearing things, that I was seeing things. I did not assume I knew what they were. I did not assume that they were real as in outside of myself. And I tested, and I learned, and I tried, and I read about what other people had said or done or experienced. Every belief that I have, I have tested. It does not mean they have all passed. Some of them don't pass the evidence test. Some of my beliefs come down to just intuition. I can't even prove it to myself. I don't know, but I feel something that continues to tell me this is right, despite the fact that you can't see why. But that doesn't mean I haven't looked at all of them again and again. This act, Dio becoming an atheist, particularly a well-known popular pagan, probably makes a lot of people uncomfortable. It makes them wonder, well, if he felt so sure and is now completely sure in the opposite, what about me? If you have that kind of a nagging feeling in your stomach, if it makes you nervous to think that someone could have a belief, discover they had it for bad reasons or weren't quite sure and they changed their mind, that's an indication you ought to look at your own beliefs. It's something you should do. You should not be afraid of doing it. It's part of spiritual growth. It's part of spiritual maturity. Getting away from it is not going to help you. In the long run, you're going to have to deal with yourself. The truth is, religion, and I don't mean the dogmatic set of beliefs. I'm using religion and spirituality as the same word here, for those of you who make a gigantic distinction. Belief is hard. It is not something you come by simply and is not something you hold on to without effort. Maybe some of you can. I mean, I should not presume to speak for all of humanity, but I don't know anyone for whom belief was simple or required no effort. I have not met a single soul yet who has said that. And everyone I have met who has said anything similar to that 
falls in and out of belief systems on a weekend. Their belief is shallow. It is not abiding. It is not tested. It is not true for them. It is not in line with their soul. I want to read one more little piece from Dio's blog. He says, quote, So why atheism? The answer is that I simply don't have a choice. I haven't any proof of any other religion's truth, nor do I have the training in any other religion. I also will not fake it until I make it with another set of beliefs for the wrong reason. The only remaining alternative is atheism. So we're back to the fake it until you make it. That concept, fake it until you make it, is the basis of AA, Alcoholics Anonymous. It is the basis of self-worth training. It is the basis of, if I understand it right, cognitive psychology, essentially. You are training your mind and your body to believe what you want it to believe. You are creating pathways in the brain, and some would say connections within the soul, that are strengthened by repetitive activity. It is the reason for religious service. It is the reason why people go to church and sit, stand, and kneel in a Catholic church, or cross themselves, or do all the other things that you do. These are reinforcements for a set of beliefs that you have decided, or your parents decided for you, that you should have. No human being just adopts belief. Even the ones that you believe without knowing why, you will still have doubt. You'll still question them from time to time. Issues will make them seem murky or uncertain. The fake it until you make it is working within the context of being human. You cannot believe things without effort. Well, there are some things you could believe without effort, but not in a religious sense. Not in a sense of things that you cannot prove. That you cannot have demonstrated to you beyond the shadow of a doubt. If someone says, I can turn this light switch on, and they do it 75 times, it has essentially been proven. There is nothing to believe or disbelieve. It is the idea that someone says, I could turn that light switch on, but they never do, and then you believe that they have the capacity or you don't. You look for evidence, well, I could turn the light on, they appear to be as capable as me, therefore I believe they probably could. You are building an evidentiary case in your mind as to whether they could perform that function or not, but what if there is no evidence, one way or the other? For instance, a specific belief in life after death. We have evidence that suggests something might happen. Beyond that, we have almost nothing. We could be misinterpreting everything from ghosts to past life experience, etc., etc. We don't know. Even the evidence we're creating for that is not exactly evidence. It's a kind of belief stacked upon a kind of belief. It isn't the same thing. However, it's one of those cases where I completely believe. I'm not certain exactly what it looks like. I'm not exactly certain what goes on there, but I am absolutely certain that it exists, that it happens. And I have wanted to disbelieve that idea. At different times in my life, I wanted to think, well, it would be easier if you didn't believe it or whatever, but it is a belief that will not leave me. It is wired in me. I support it now. I'm, I'm for it completely. I'm not 
in any way at odds with it. But what I'm telling you is I wrestled with it for years. I did not want to have that belief, but I still do. And I have no evidence for it that I would expect any of you to believe. This is just me. This is where I am. Oh, and I wanted to comment on what Dio said earlier about what a strange set of beliefs to decide or choose to believe in. I don't know that they're really that much stranger. I mean, if you read the Bible and take its mystical aspects or Islam or any other belief, they're as crazy as we are, you know, if you accept that our beliefs are crazy or strange. They are just as crazy, but they've had, you know, a thousand years or so to decide to ignore the mystical aspects, whereas we are not only not ignoring them, the mystical aspects, we are seeking them. We are trying to learn from them. That is different than other religions, but I don't think it makes us any weirder or stranger than any other set of beliefs if you look at them from a larger scope. Spiritual belief is not for everyone. Paganism is certainly not for everyone. What kind of a pagan you are uh, is a huge difference in what your belief system will be and how odd or difficult that is to explain to other people. It is a huge field, but I feel like belief is natural in humans. Most of us have it, have some form of it. I just don't think lazy belief is helpful. An unexamined belief is the kind of thing that can turn into fanaticism. This is what I get on pagans and Christians and all kinds of religious people about. If you're comfortable in your own beliefs, if you have examined the evidence of your own life, you are not threatened by other people's beliefs, be they other Christians or other pagans or whomever. And if you are not comfortable in your beliefs, if you are not grounded in them, and you haven't wrestled with them and tested them, everything can make you uncomfortable. Everyone else's belief, their lack of belief, their questioning of your beliefs makes you uncomfortable. And it causes us to give each other a bad time, to be angry and hurl stupid names. Some of the comments against Dio relating to this blog Why Atheism were vitriolic, Essentially, you're a lying jerk, and you fooled us all this time, and how dare you say my religion is not good enough? He just said it wasn't good enough for him. In the same way that I said Christianity was not good enough for me, and Dio said Christianity was not good enough for him, and perhaps you said the same thing. It seems to me like he was built up as a popular character. You know, he was the famous person of paganism, or one of the famous people of paganism. And we made him famous, and now he doesn't like us, and we should hate him and, and feel terribly towards him. There were other comments, however, of a lot of people saying, yes, I'm extremely skeptical of paganism, even though I call myself a pagan. I think it's a lot of mumbo-jumbo, and uh, people have to stop lying all the time. There was another line of comments saying that I think we need more secular pagans, or agnostic pagans, or atheistic pagans. I don't really know what that means. I'm assuming there's going to be a public conversation about those terms in the very near future, but 
I don't know what it means. There are secular Jews, there are secular Christians, but I'm not sure what they've added to those religions. Essentially, they watered them down beyond the point that they are watered down already and just said, look, let's take the moral aspect of it and let's forget all the dogmatic stuff. I don't know that paganism needs that. We're not watered down enough. We we don't have a dogma. What, what can you water down? But it, it may end up being an interesting conversation. There are a lot of skeptical pagans, is what I have seen on the comments. And I think skeptical pagans should start discussing what it is they're skeptical about, whether that is based internally, like it was for Dio, that this was his journey and his struggle, or whether you think there is something objectively sketchy about paganism, we can talk about the theology of that. Seems to me that paganism is going to go through, is going through a major shift. And that shift might be a maturing, it might be growth, it might be a deeper spiritual foundation. What I think is just as likely is about half of the pagans practicing today are going to wander away. It's happened before. I was a pagan in 1988, before the huge explosion of the 90s. The numbers swelled, everybody was at festivals, the shelves at the bookstore were full of Llewellyn and Sam Weiser and all the other publishers. 2000 came around and 30-40% of those people were gone. The shelf space at Barnes & Noble is one-third of what it once was. The nature of these things is cyclical. I was a pagan before this happened. I am a pagan now. I will be a pagan long after this episode with Dio is forgotten. My spirituality is not dependent on whether other people believe what I'm doing or not. Yours shouldn't be either. Well, I hope I've presented this in a reasonable, rational, and neutral way. I think I was concerned initially because there were so many hot and vitriolic comments and angry thoughts about this whole issue that I intended to approach it from a different angle originally, but I've settled on this position because I think this is the one I will agree with long term. That anything that happens with one individual or one coven or one organization may affect us. We may have liked that organization or the thoughts put forward by those people, but they shouldn't be the foundation for what we're doing. Whatever it is that you believe, I think those of you who haven't listened to Dio Shadow, go ahead and listen to it. Diversity of thought is not hurting us, it's helping us. It is making us stronger and smarter and wiser and hopefully having a wider perspective on ourselves and on the world. So I think that's where I'm going to end this topic today. I got a new friend on MySpace, which I have to say I'm really excited about. The show can be found on MySpace, on Podbean, on Facebook, and of course on iTunes. I would really like it if you would become my friend at MySpace, or I have a personal page on Pagan Space under the name Kveldrida, K-V-E-L-D-R-I-D-A. Become my friend there if you're a Pagan Space member. I haven't gotten any real email yet, and you can email me at paganspiritualitytoday, one word, at comcast, C-O-M-C-A-S-T dot net. I'd love to hear from you. 
Love to know how you're enjoying the show and any thoughts you have on this particular controversy with Dio or anything else that's on your mind. I'd be excited to hear from you. I'd be excited if you'd become my friend at one of those sites. I thank you all for listening and take care.